All right, the new Flash trailer is out. We've got two of them in the can so far. We've got some screenshots. We've got things coming out in the media, stories prepping up, and we're going to talk about the trailer, not just the trailer and how it was or or if you liked it or who you think is going to be, how the story is going to resolve or whatever. We are going to talk about what this means for storytelling. Trailers are in an interesting place right now, and the Flash has come around it's going to be the new thing. Everybody's going to be talking Gaga over it. And we're going to get into all of that. So thank you for joining me. This is Mr. Benja for Mr. Benja's ADD Experience Live. Once again, I'm getting back to you on these, these live presentations I'm doing over Instagram. So if you want to catch these live, you can jump on my IG. That's at Mr. Benja. And we can discuss whatever's coming up throughout the week. And I'm usually here around 6 o'clock. Today it's a little late messed up my sleep schedule a little bit so I didn't get my nap in. It's like, yes, yeah, like 6.30 right now. But anyway, we're going to get to it, get to talking about it. Sup, John Carlo? Sup, Derby Pottery? I love that name, Derby Pottery. That's great. So yeah, let me know what you think of the trailer. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Was, was it good to you? Are you digging it? Are you into it? Is Ezra Miller a problem? Is Michael Keaton going to save this whole thing? We'll see. We'll get into all that in a bit. So, yeah, first of all, in general, I suppose you've all seen the trailer. If you haven't, go take a look at it and then come back. And if you have seen the trailer, I definitely want to know your thoughts on it. I thought it was pretty well received by most people, but apparently there are some detractors out there who really just aren't excited about it at all. But that that's not the point of what I want to get into. What I want to really talk about is this era that we're in of storytelling. How the it's not just a singular movie anymore, and it hasn't been for a while, but I don't know that I've really heard many people talking about how this new way that we're doing movies and cinema is so based on the Internet and our talking about it and the commercialization and the marketing. I mean, that was always there. But it's a really big thing right now. And Flash Trailer is, it's worth discussing in that light. So that's what I'm going to do. It's not going to be like a review of the Flash Trailer or anything like that. You can, you can do that on your own time. But basically, back in the day, you just have a trailer that kind of gave you a synopsis of, hey, you should go see this. There was a little blurb and it kind of got people in the mode of, do I want to see this movie? Is this going to be good? This is the kind of thing I want to spend my Friday night watching. Standard advertising fare, right? You let people know that it's out there. You do your marketing with the different characters and et cetera, et cetera. But now we're in this situation where the trailer has become part of the story. And if you don't catch the trailer, if you're not a part of that discussion before the actual movie, then you're missing out on a lot, which is very interesting. But we're so interconnected, it actually works out that way. We can actually start telling a story well before people get in the seats. And by telling the story beforehand, by putting out stories on the internet, by holding interviews, by getting the buzz going, by telling all the story beforehand, you're able to I don't want to say extend the story, but put a lot of the heavy lifting out on social media. So when people start talking about the flash, 
some people are like, hey, why are there why are there two Flash characters in there? And then someone says, well, this is a story of Flashpoint and Flashpoint, you know, the Flash goes in time and breaks the time barrier and he uses the speed force and meets another version of himself. And you're like, oh, okay. And there's all this pre-education of the audience well before you get into the actual movie. And it's really bizarre if you're you're watching these things. And we have short attention spans, so you got to kind of get this confusing information out there. I say confusing because they leave parts of it out that are intentionally left as breadcrumbs. You leave out the breadcrumbs, and people are kind of interested. And it's not like they're just confused about what the movie's going to be. They go to the internet and start talking. They they do trailer breakdowns. Multiple YouTube channels exist solely for breaking down trailers. They go through every frame. They start talking about references from the comics. And it gets this whole buzz going on. And I think that's one of the reasons why superhero movies have been so successful is because they've been able to enrapture the attention of all of these different people across the globe through the internet and through this kind of storytelling. And this is similar, actually, to what we used to do back in comics, in comic shops back in the day, where you'd hear about a new comic coming out or a new graphic novel or something, and people in the comic book stores would start chatting about it and they'd tell their friends. And But it was it was a slow burn. This went on for like years, you know, where stories built up slowly in the comics. Now it's protracted and you do that within a trailer, some posts on the internet, TikTok, Facebook, everyone's talking kind of all at once. And it gives time for the people developing the trailers to go and build up their... They, they see the reaction from the trailers, then they can actually go back and edit well before the actual product is finally released. So they're doing real-time management of this content. In fact, for The Flash, we know that they've gone back and done a lot of reshoots. I don't know if you think reshoots are going to be positive or negative, but they've gone back and done a lot of reshoots to remove a bunch of the cameos. And it's not quite clear why this is happening. Some people are saying it's because of Ezra Miller's problems in the in the, the media, in, in his real life or in their real life. But I don't think that's so much it. I think what you're seeing is a reaction to this balance you're trying to get between having a core story, a core encapsulated story and a larger narrative. And that's the difficulty now with these comic book stories. For example, I'll use a, I'll use a Doctor Strange and Shazam 2 as examples. In Doctor Strange Multiverse, of, the Multiverse of Mid, as I like to call it, you had you had this trailer that hyped you up with all these cameos and all these possibilities and it was saying, oh, this character's going to be in it and they're bringing this guy from this universe. You're going to be able to see this and that X, Y, and Z. And so much of the talk and discussion about the multiverse of madness was not about the actual story itself. It was about all these other cameos and these extras. And when we went to see it, they tried to tell a story that was self-contained They've tried to bring in all this other information in business, but it didn't really hit that solidly, right? But it actually made a lot of money. So it did pretty well. And it didn't have, and the story itself, the core story wasn't very, wasn't very solid. A lot of people didn't say it was very good, but 
they got their kicks off by being able to get hyped about the trailer, then see the movie and be like, oh, well, yeah, this character came in. Professor Rex was there. Fantastic Four was there. It was great. Whatever. But core story wasn't that good. So when so people don't really talk about it now. On the other end, you've got this idea of a story that's self-contained in Shazam 2, A Fury of the Gods, where you're supposed to go in there and watch a good story. And apparently, according to the reviews and according to whatever everybody's been saying, I haven't even seen it yet, according to what everybody's been saying, it's a really good and solid movie. But why didn't it get that kind of buzz? Because it didn't have all those outside connections that people are used to from hero movies. So... So you've got the extreme multiverse of madness, which wasn't very multiversal and it wasn't very mad. I like to call it the, the monoverse of mid or monoverse of meh. It was just an average kind of story, but the trailer hyped you up so much and got everybody talking that everybody went to see it. All these possibilities, all these different characters, yada, yada. Shazam, on the other hand, it didn't have anything going for it to get people in the seats. And that's a shame. Like people say they like the product because they like the product. They want to see something because it's good, but that's really not true. They don't really want to see anything because it's good. They want to see something because they thought they should go see it or they thought they'd be interested into it, interested in it. This is the management of expectations, right? This is marketing where you're trying to talk to people and get them invested in your product to get them happy enough to go check it out. Now, the problem I think that Marvel's running into right now is that everything, and and Star Wars, we'll talk about a lot of Disney as well, their problem is they've got too much going on in terms of you seeing a show and being invested in that one thing, or are you excited about just Easter eggs? What I call This is what I call Easter egg storytelling. So hopefully this Flash movie has a good solid core story i know the flashpoint story so i think it should be able to knock it out the box and be good but they've also got the the good blend of core story and connectivity and speaking of connectivity they didn't need to go crazy with it they basically got four characters that they're that they're relying on and i'll go over them right now real quick and another piece of genius about it that i'll that I'll get into in one second. So first of all, there's this thing called the four quadrant movie where you try to hit, you try to hit different people, right? There's the idea of older men, older women, younger, younger boys, younger girls. And those are your like four quadrants, right? You tr- if you can hit all four of those groups in a decent way, then you've got enough people to talk about bringing your family to everybody going to see it because the whole thing has got something for everybody. You go in thinking your movie is just good because of whatever, but your your mom or your sister or your brother or your father, they're going to see it for a completely different reason. And both of you get in the movie and enjoy it. This is still something movies look for and superhero movies have been able to surprisingly, not surprising to some, but surprisingly, they've been able to get four quadrant movie acceptance where a lot of people want to go see these family movies. Now, Spider-Man was a great example of that. A lot of people really, really dug it. The older men, that'd be people like me who read Spider-Man for years, young boys who liked the Spider-Man as a kid, the girls like the whole 
Mary Jane high school interactivity thing. And moms, I'm not sure why any moms like Spider-Man, but apparently a lot of them do. I'll have to go talk to more moms who like Spider-Man. If anybody's in a moms who like Spider-Man discussion group, invite me, Discord or whatever, I'll join in. But let's check it out. You've got the old school and Michael Keaton, right? For the Flash. You got old school coming in, Michael Keaton. You've got Batman fans coming in, obviously, with Michael Keaton and Batfleck. And they seem to be very integral parts to the story. If you, if you don't know the Flashpoint story, I won't spoil it here, but there's a lot you can glean from the trailer itself. So you've got the old school people coming in to see Michael Keaton. They want it. They like. If you watch the reaction that you heard that old school Michael Keaton Batman music kind of play in the background, you saw how people got really hyped about it. That's getting those. Then you've got the family drama for people who are into the more family drama. Barry's going back in time to try to save his family because basically his father's life ended, got sent to jail, sent to death row in some some versions of the story. And, you know, their lives ended basically sometime in the past. And you can tell from the trailer that he wants to go back and try to fix all this. So that's that story. Actually, I won't delve too much into the Flashpoint story or the trailer because digging into it, you can kind of see. I don't want to give out the whole plot, basically, so I won't. But you've got family drama. You can tell that from the trailer. So he's going back to try to fix his family. And that's important to a lot of people watching the movie. And for New School, The Flash basically... So, you know, say Ezra Miller definitely has issues. And I'll get to him and I'll get to them in a second. But what has been done here is to create... This is the new... This is the newest of the superheroes from DC that really hasn't gotten the shine yet. You've had Batman, you've had Aquaman, you've had Wonder Woman, you've had Superman, mostly coming from Zack Snyder. So you've got all these different characters coming in, catching all these different people who want to get interested in the Flash. And now it's like, okay, now it's the Flash's turn. So you're catching the young kids coming in. They're like, okay, let's see what this Flash has to offer. A lot of people really don't know the Flash's story. They just see they just see the character running around very quickly and they're like, oh, cool, that character runs around very quickly. We're all pretty familiar with Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, and now Aquaman. So just by its own nature, we get a bunch of the bunch of people interested in the Flash. So as I said, you've got old school, new school, family. You got everybody who can kind of get interested in this whole Flash thing. What's happening, Theo? Good to see you on the stream. So you're touching a lot of people already. Now you've got all these people wanting to go see the trailer for different reasons. And then let's add on to that. It looks pretty beautiful. I don't know anybody who says this. It looks bad. The the color palette they're using, the slow motion, the styling, it's Zack Snyder-ish, but this isn't Zack Snyder. So people are... It's not overly stylized where it's just like, oh my God, it's the Zack Snyder thing. I either love or hate his style. It's cool enough where it's catching everybody. It's got these very audacious comic book type scenes that are that are really unique. So shout out to the director. Forgot his forgot the director's name, but the last thing the director did was it. So it too, I think. With the Stephen King movie. So 
very well aware of effects and high production. So that should be good in that respect. And you can definitely see that in the trailer. So, and if you've never watched the Flash TV series and you're not used to watching slow motion and super hyper speed action like this, you're definitely in for a treat because they have no excuse not to do this kind of stuff. So it looks good. You've got a basic story going on. And one thing you're really going to hit with in this is the core story. And a lot of trailers don't do this. They just show a lot of fluff. I was about to say flash, but they just show a lot of stuff going on without really keying you into how the story can kind of play out. Ultimately, that's what you want with any type of story or any type of trailer or lead in. You want the person watching it or viewing it to think, okay, I'm invested what happens next, or I have to know what's going to play out, or I need to see how this all ends up, how this all ends up making me happy and proud or whatever. So that's what's up with the, that's what's up with the Flash trailer. And it really does a good job of saying, you know what, you've got a classic hero here who's trying to basically save the world. And this is a classic hero kind of trope. Works for all kinds of hero movies. And I, I it just it just works out simply. Doctor Strange is a lot harder to figure out. It's like what is Doctor Strange's thing? It's something mystical pops up out of the ground and he's gotta go fix it. It's a little harder to read, or they haven't sold it as as well. Some people were comparing the last Doctor Strange trailers and movies to like Parent Trap. And when you start getting weird comparisons like that, it's it just seems rather goofy as opposed to, hey, this guy has a reason for doing what he's doing. He's got something to overcome. I need to go see how this plays out. I know Doctor Strange had a perfectly fine story and there was Peter Parker messing up the spell. But as I said, that just seems rather, you know, oops, I oops, I broke the universe kind of thing. And then Barry comes along, but he actually has a reason for doing what he's doing. That's a little more personal. They get some people a little more invested in seeing it. Shout out to T9P Beats. What's up? So, yeah, with this trailer being part of the story, we have to ask ourselves a bigger question. And you have to ask yourself, why would you want to go see this movie? Right. Aside from all the reasons I just gave before. If we're in the mindset of breaking a whole universe, we're going to look at this in a meta sense and a micro sense. In the overall scheme of things, people have been wondering what's going to happen with DC movies. How are they going to go forward without Zack Snyder? Why? What is going to happen with James Gunn, who's at the helm now? Is this new Superman that they're working on going to be the greatest thing ever? How are they going to bridge all these stories together? And people have been frankly frustrated with DC. So now you have to ask yourself, everybody's frustrated. No one knows what's going on. How are they going to fix this? Boom. The Flash. Flash can go back in time and make the story make sense. If you can do that, if you pull that off in story and have it make sense in the real world, then it doesn't seem like things are so out of place. It makes it seem a little, I don't want to say intentional, 
But when you go to watch the movie, you can separate yourself from all the drama as you're watching it and say to yourself, the Flash made this world happen. The Flash made this timeline happen. This is the reason why we can have all these different characters showing up here and there and everywhere else. As I said, comparisons to Doctor Strange and that multiverse are not lost. Similar idea, but this might be a little more potent, especially in DC's case where they, they need a hit. So let's see, what do we talked about? Oh, also the villain involved. I'm not sure where Marvel started pulling back on their villains, but DC's always had better villains, right? And people have known that. The interesting thing about this one is it doesn't really lean heavily on the fact that Zod is kind of the major villain. It's more about Barry, the Flash, doing his thing and being trying to fix the world and not get it, get it interrupted or blown up or whatever in his sense of the in his sense of the world. So in that in that way of looking at it, the hero become the hero is Barry trying to fix the world and the villain is the force that might stop him. Now what I mean by that, I'm struggling here because it's a little I start to it starts to get a little heady and weird when you start talking about the hero's journey, protagonist, layered themes of story, character versus representation and just all the different story elements that go into this. But basically, in a hero type story, and I don't mean superhero as in spandex, I'm talking about a classic protagonist, antagonist, growth cycle, hero's journey type of thing. People like to overuse this, and I'm not sure everyone really understands how it works and how it plays out. But what you've got here is a classic play on that, and that's good in the sense that you can take a character, give him an enemy, a protagonist that represents a challenge, an internal challenge that the hero has to overcome. The protagonist needs to conquer some challenge and get to the other side, basically. Now, Zod doesn't seem like he is, quote-unquote, the villain, it seems, in the movie, but the, pro the antagonist is within the Flash himself. And I think that comes across in the story where you see literally two berries and these two berries have to go against each other. How's it going, Logan? So you have these two berries going against each other. I shouldn't say against each other, but they're working with each other, trying to achieve a common goal. But anytime you have two of the same character, there's always a a mirroring kind of effect, a contrast and comparison with two versions of yourself. And being able to adjust timelines, and this is much more apparent in the first trailer for The Flash than the second trailer, but you've got a situation where you're going to compare and contrast two different ways of thinking. Interest, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out going to be interesting to see where these two Flash characters differ and where they line up. Once again, another reason to go see the movie. So I think it just does the whole... I think this trailer really sets up a lot. The movie may not be that great in itself. I don't know. I don't ever put those thoughts out there whether I'm going to like the movie or not. But as far as preparing us for, for the movie ahead and, and prepping the world to see this story play out. I think they did a really good job with this trailer. I think it really 
makes sense for what they're trying to do. Oh, and speaking of a hero being alone and working on a task, this is this story is is interesting in a way that I hadn't considered before, and I hadn't considered with some of the DC characters, but with Batman, with the Flash, and with Superman, Supergirl in this case. Well, I shouldn't say Supergirl; it's Kara. We're not exactly sure if they mean for this to be Supergirl or they mean for this to be this universe's version of Superman. We'll see how they play it out in the story. But all of these characters are orphans. They have no parents. Superman, Batman, and The Flash. We're all, they all ended up in orphan status. And it makes sense that they would try to help each other out. That works on an interesting level. I think a lot of people right now feel alone and alienated. They're, they're not as connected with the, the generation that brought them into the world as they would hope. So a very strong orphan story really could work out. And I think that's one thing that, that's connecting with people that a lot, that, that may not even be conscious, but it's really connecting with a lot of people where you're on your own. You can, you can try to change the world how you want to. Just don't break it. So we'll see how it plays out. And Logan gave it a thumbs up saying it's very impactful and it has some good shots in it. I think so too. I really like the music. I really like the shots. It, it kept to this futuristic comic book vibe. So I'm, it, it's one of those things where if it works, we'll see more of it. And I think that's going to be good for DC because I think this will work just on the basis of, you know, we got a lot of people waiting for it. There's nothing else out there really competing with it. People seem to be a little tired of Marvel right now. So we'll probably get a good, a good debut, theatrical debut out of this. And hopefully we don't lose out. We don't hope, lose out on stories from DC. There's a lot of good stories that still need to be told from there. And quite frankly, the core stories from DC I think are, are better suited for our, for our world and our watching than, than the Marvel stuff. The Marvel stuff has been kind of tame and ordinary in, in respect with, with respect to what DC is doing. So I think if DC can, you know, crack open the, the, the floodgates and start allowing a lot of these, these wilder stories to come out, I think, I think we could have some good, good entertainment in the future. But yeah, that's all I've got to say pretty much about that. I think the trailer is going to do, I mean, I think the movie is going to do well. I, li I did like the trailer myself. And it's definitely a good evolution of this new era of storytelling we're in. In fact, we're doing it now where we've got people in open forums talking about a trailer to a movie that hasn't come out yet. It's talking about things that are going to happen afterwards, things that happened before it. It's bringing all this together because... And it seems like it has a good core story. And I keep coming back to the core story concept because unlike unlike a Multiverse of Madness and a lot of these other movies that you see, well, let me ask you this. If you go into a movie, you watch the movie, and you come out, and the first thing you say, hold on, let me put this in even better way. If you think to yourself, I'm going to watch this movie because it referenced some other movie I've seen, so some other movie was a commercial for me to go watch this movie. And then I go watch the movie. 
And at the very end of it, there's a, a post-credit scene or a mid-credit scene or whatever. And that tells you about another movie. Then that means you just sat in a three-hour movie that really didn't do much for you, except make you want to go see the next one. And I think this happened to a lot of people with Eternals, where they weren't going to go see it. It had some interesting Easter eggs in the trailer. People went and saw it. And then the only thing people ever said about the movie Eternals was, hey, did you see the end credit scene where they did this? And that was like the first thing people mentioned. When you've got when you've got people talking about the end credit scene more than the actual movie itself, you've got a problem. And I hope the Flash, I hope the Flash gets around that. Hope you go check it out. If you do, let me know what you think. Jump in the comments as always. Tell me how you're feeling about that one. And if there's anything you want me to cover, look at, go through, break down, I can do that. We're going to do this very often. This is Mr. Benja from Mr. Benja's ADD Experience Live. Talk to you later. Hey, thanks for joining me on this podcast. You all make everything I do possible, and I really do appreciate it. So even if you've got me on social, please visit mrbinja.com and see what's happening and how deep the rabbit hole goes. All right, I'll see you next time. Peace.